This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Phase Rip Podcast. I am one of your hosts, DM Vince, sitting to my right over here. Nope, that side. Nope, that side. Is the Jeff. Hello, everybody. And below me is the Steven. Go on. Uh, nice to meet everybody again. Hello. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Oh, I guess below. Oh, okay. I get it, Jeff. Funny, funny, funny. Issue number 31. Here we are in our new season. Uh, we're back and uh, everything's looking good. We're doing a show today. We're going to go over some things that have been happening in the community, you know, the yada yada stuff before we get into the meat of the show. So let me just share my screen. We did a good review on iTunes since we started from oh, goodness. VJ good. Frank. And he says, great show. Glad to see the show's back. It's a lot of fun to listen to. And the new host seem, seems to work well. Looking forward to more. He did oh, that on nice. January 18th. So I appreciate that, uh, Mr. VJ Frank or miss vj frank or whomever you are we appreciate the uh five stars and uh we hope other people out there will give us five stars as well and do a written review so we can uh read it on the air all right next thing we got coming up here is we have a question from fifth ward cowboy (laughs) on discord he said i have a phase of question for the podcast how can the group develop an entertaining fantastic four type campaign for example how can a judge and his or her players collaborate on making high-tech devices patenting them and earning resource advancements in addition how can the group create interesting cosmic level villains entertaining npcs and connecting pc origin stories oh by the way jane koala kelly says hi vince and steve apparently too bad screw you jeff (laughs) not first time Nah, I don't think that was on purpose. So nah, nah, nah. So as far as the first part of the question, a Fantastic Four type campaign, I wasn't much of a reader of Fantastic Four. Stephen, what about you? Were you more of a? I was four? really into the Ultimate Fantastic Four for a good minute, and I liked the because I didn't get into the original Fantastic Four growing up. They, I don't know, they just never really appealed to me that much but when i saw when they were doing the whole ultimate series uh some years back it was like my chance to get introduced to them and i liked Mm -hmm. it it was the whole sci-fi but kind of modern thing Mm -hmm. um ben was the muscle dude uh johnny was still kind of the goofball but it's kind of weird what they did with the characters later um after ultimatum it the fantastic four just kind of broke apart and it wasn't I didn't like it as much. They turned Reed Richards into the villain. Um, ben Grimm actually, I think, hooked up with Susan Storm, and Johnny somehow got de-aged. He went from being the same age as the others to suddenly being like a 13-year-old Peter Parker best friend who was living with Aunt May. It it got a little weird after Ultimatum. But hmm. that aside, that was a little tangent. That was my one with the Fantastic Four, and I liked it. Um I like the sci-fi aspect and being able to use powers and brains to really outdo the villains. If you want to beat a villain, it's creativity is how the Fantastic Four usually do it. Teamwork, family, and creativity. 
Well, they weren't really family oriented in the ultimatum. They were still no young. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I mean, the Fantastic Four has always been a family friendly, you know, working together as one type thing going on for a campaign. So I guess you would have to maybe make all of them somehow related or care about one another so they don't want to kill one another, especially if they're villains, and uh, make sure that's how they get along. As far as players collaborating or making high-tech devices, a lot of that stuff that I've done in our campaigns was always kind of like, yeah, you roll and you make a device and patenting. I mean, that's that's something, I don't, I don't know, patenting them? I mean, isn't that something you would do off-camera, honestly, guys? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I have a lot of players that put a lot of their higher scores into the reasoning, and some of them want to be the tinkerers and stuff like that. Yeah. So they create invent things all the time, and that's fun, but none of them have actually thought about monetizing it. Maybe it's because of the setting I have them in that they just haven't had the time to do it, because if they create something, it's kind of to resolve the situation at hand. They haven't created like the ultimate toaster that can just you yeah. put it in and food's instant. Let's sell this for billions. Because is it the same campaign anymore if they're all super rich and stuff like that? I mean, maybe. It'd be different. I mean, because then, you know, when it comes to money, you got, there's uh, different opportunities like uh, espionage. There's, uh, I mean, well, don't you roll espionage. resources also at the beginning? And some characters start out flat out rich. I have one guy who's, a 15 year old by his character, but he's richer than Tony Stark. He, that was his role. I mean, uh, role yeah, resources, I mean, whatever his role is, is what I say he is. inherited it from his money or family. I mean, like Bruce Wayne esque kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, patenting things and designing things was always an off game thing because what do you, you don't really want to spend time in the game, you know, walking down to the patent office and. <laughs> I have a player who's keeps trying to invest in the stock market. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, real life here. I know this much about the stock market. So if you want to just say you get rich off something, let's just roll and see if you get lucky. Right. Funny, funny thing is there was something in an old dragon magazine about uh, Marvel and investing in the stock market for players that wanted to do that. There was a whole bunch of rules to roll on charts. If I remember, I have to well, find that again. Yeah. I was going to say, if we can find that, maybe we can post it somewhere and that'd be a good link for the, uh, person asking the question there and right, but so I, breaking it down all right so we'll skip the patenting thing making devices but earning resource advancements i guess you would just follow however it would be listed in the book mm-hmm. as far as making more money and trying to advance your wealth i mean not to much... break the universe here but can always try going the booster gold route you know <laughs> market yourself yeah. I mean, what? He has sponsors out the wazoo as a hero, yes. and you're not in like a grim, dark setting. Have fun with that. Like, oh, yeah, we saved the day. By the but way, did, didn't Booster Gold take stuff from the future and bring it yes. back and sell that it? That was his original spiel. Oh. Was he knew like when crimes were going to happen, supposedly, and he showed up with his super suit and stuff to try and resolve it then and there to make to get rich in the past so he's super rich in the future. And then he turned yeah. out to actually be a legit good guy hero. Yeah. So I thought. Uh, okay, so creating interesting cosmic level villains. Honestly, I've never made cosmic level villains because that uh, at a cosmic level, the game is just off the charts for as far as playing it. You're really dealing with like planet destroyers at that point. I mean, if your players want to be on that power trip where they're able to go from planet to planet like it's nothing like us going to the supermarket, 
you can come up with some shift X level characters and threats, but really how Galactus level cosmic entities or the Phoenix and stuff like that. That's usually end game bosses, like end of the campaign. Yeah. Those are the big guys. I, I played in a campaign way back when I was in high school and, uh, I was dark Phoenix and everyone else was all these like silver surfer and things like that. And the GM was just throwing things at us. And he's like, what do you do? I'm like, um, I shoot a dark blast. He's like, okay, you shoot a dark blast. It does this, that, and that. What else do you do? It's just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is too cosmically level high campaign for me to wrap my head around. So let me look at my metaphysical abilities here. Am I like, let me get into the mind of ego and <laughs> yeah. Entertaining NPCs, that's not that difficult to do. You basically have to make up an NPC, give them some type of personality. If it's just a throwaway NPC, like you go to the police station, it's a detective. Sometimes it's fun to be like, you know, the NPC has a quirk or maybe he finds something about the character he doesn't like. When Jeff did in our fantasy campaign, started interviewing that one random NPC uh person that survived he kind of slipped up on a couple things so the i picked up on that and they made the npc start getting really annoyed at him (laughs) so yeah go steven i was gonna say i've actually found creating an interesting npc almost sometimes happens on the fly Mm -hmm. i had a battle what some of my characters and this random mook got a kill shot perfect 100 shot through this guy's armor bullet bounced around his helmet and he was you know just KO'd kind of he rolled this what you do for the endurance saves and all that but still they were surprised because he's a high level high tech hero and this nobody guy just took him out and I had to name him then and there because they're like they all wanted to kill this one little dude it was just (laughs) a random mook and now the whole party's super after him and I had to give him a name and then the next battle the same thing happened and I'm like, they're brothers. And then the, another battle, this one mook was just like also really good. It was like, that's a third brother. And it kind of became like the Gears of War, you know, with the brothers that died in every game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Hmm. So, yeah, now I have a whole clan of NPC bad guys that are all after the good guys and stuff like that and vice versa. And it just happened. But you had to kind of create a, a whole family then and there on the fly. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it just happens. Entertaining NPCs you can plan out and then never go to them. Mm-hmm. So basically, you got to take it by case by case basis. Sometimes it's on accident, sometimes it's on purpose. But <laughs> like, like as... in, for example, in Corey's game, uh, his Shadowrun game, Firebird, that's yeah. an entertaining NPC that we all hate and love at the same time because he's kind of funny, but he's fucking annoying at the same time. So yeah. and he has that accent, like I'm gonna chew, you know, he has that southern KFC, you know, Colonel Sanders and little puns here and there, and he made a, the guy entertaining. Quirky. So quirky, yeah. Quirky, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, did you say quirky or quirky there, Jeff? Quirky. quirky. Let's just say quirky. Okay. I, th- I thought he said quirky. <laughs> quirky, you know, the dog. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, sometimes it, you, you plan it and it doesn't work. And then all of a sudden the, the NPC that's standing there picking his nose across the bar from your players just becomes the focus. And there's something you have to make up on the fly. Isn't that a and d meme? The guys that you spend hours trying to make that you think is going to be really entertaining. The players just ignore. Oh, yeah. Yet the person that the random barmaid is suddenly the 
focus of the whole story. We have to adopt this person, et cetera, et cetera. Always like, happens. The old so, man at the bar that, that tries to give your character to quests. They're like, no, I don't want to talk to him. I want to talk to that goblin cleaning the, <laughs> clean, clean, using a mop cleaning the corner there. Yeah. So unfortunately, there's not like a definitive answer on how to create a really great NPC other than it might just happen by luck or maybe if you plan it out, it might work well, but it's really up to the group who they get attached to. And then the ones they get attached to, they're the ones you kind of want to flesh out more. I think it has to do with the, you know, the more quirky details of a NPC that you give, the more interest your players usually have. Firebird, he always wore something uh, uh, bright and flamboyant too, didn't he? Plus the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. plus yeah. the uh, accent, and uh, I, you know. Forgive me, I was just going to say all I really remember from Firebird is that I think he wanted to sleep with my character a lot. He was constantly hitting on him. It was weird. Uh, I'm almost sure that he wanted to sleep with every character. <laughs> he was a equal 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 opportunity sex person so yes hey it happens in games so you know whatever you just roll with it you know and finally connecting pc origin stories that's not that difficult to do you basically have to sit down current during character creation to figure this part out and uh sometimes it's easier when players will sit and make stories up to try to like steven you and i in the new campaign big eye small mouth we're playing i'm playing a uh, priest and you're playing a partial vampire and then you and i sat with text messages on discord back and forth how we're gonna be teamed up for one another because it's a really weird combination of why we would be working with one another a catholic priest and a ha- a dampier basically yeah yeah so we kind of figured out a way for the two of us to be associated with one another so it would make sense story-wise and that's what you have to do with the gm sit down and plan things out that's how you connect stories and then there's sometimes characters that just come up with backstories that you have to put a hard no on. <laughs> I had one guy who yeah. he, he rolled earth powers and he literally wanted to say that his tragic backstory was he destroyed his hometown. I'm like, you have an excellent. I don't think you're destroying a whole city. No. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still able to work with him to get kind of an origin going. It's like he wrecked his house and his parents are like, okay, this is a mutant. Let's come get this guy. Wrecking house is more. Maybe wrecking a few blocks might be sensible. But What was his power rank? It was excellent. Yeah, that's not going to. That's 20%. So, yeah, you know, sinkhole, you know, making a ground quake, you know, destroying the foundation, definitely. Not (laughs) leveling the city. Not leveling the city. No, not even if he spent a lot of karma, no. Maybe a Lego city. Yeah. <laughs> Lego city. <laughs> wow. My, his dad was working on his Lego city and he destroyed it. He's like, mutant! <laughs> That's what I would do. Wow. Those Lego cities take time. <laughs> and finally, uh, yes, hello back to you, uh, Jane. We appreciate uh, the hello and uh, we appreciate Fifth Ward, Fifth Ward Cowboy sending in a question for us to answer. So moving along, if you want to ask a question, you can send it to questions at the evil DM here at dot com at. Uh, yes, questions at the evil DM dot com. Yeah, that's our email address. I don't there know, it is. Whatever. Sounds work. I think I actually have a thing here on to do. It. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Here we go. 
Ba-bam. Questions, <laughs> comments, email us at questions at theevildm.com. We got fancy stuff going on this week. Anyway, so finally, we did get uh, there was an update from the uh, Marvel Canon Project or the Uncanon Project. Good morning, Marvel fans. Just want to let you know that January Marvel file issue is going to be a little late, likely released next month. So this was actually given to me right prior to uh, the beginning of February since we had a little bit of trouble getting recording going. Uh, well, holidays had ended and, you know, people just getting started up again. It's Jeff. That it is. That's all it is. Yeah, that, it's just me. However, to compensate, we will let you know some of what we have been coming up for the Marvel file issues this year. Road trip detailing various locations for your Marvel campaign world. International villains, likely consisting of a couple issues. This will detail various villains from outside the U.S. That sounds like it might be interesting. Marvel TV file, 90s edition, giving you stats for all the various Marvel TV projects from the 90s. I think that'll include Saved by the Bell, like Zach Morris and Tiffany and Ruthies. I'm pretty was... sure he's a mutant. Yeah, he has to be a mutant, right? Mutant! Yeah. <laughs> I originally thought that was all in his head until he actually started to manipulate people. Like, he moved it so Slater would actually punch Belding. I'm like, he actually has powers in that show. Right? So my philosophy or my my thing going on here, but is say by the bell going to be in there? Going maybe he's a mutant. We don't know that. Uh, or was it? Or was it all inside Miss Bliss's head the whole time? I don't know. I didn't watch the show. <laughs> you didn't watch Say by the Bell? No. I watched it all the way up to the college years. I mean, that was kind of a staple of '90s youth. Did you 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 watched the beginning with Good Morning Miss Bliss? Right, you got the reference. Yeah, I got the reference. Oh, okay. But... Is it all Miss Bliss's head the entire time? She dreamt the entire thing. <laughs> anyway, and then we got Martial Arts Volume 2. More Marvel Martial Artists. That might be interesting. <sighs> Stone Age Avengers. Yep, those Avengers from way long ago. And then Campaigns. Various articles on running Marvel campaigns and aids for judges. That's what that got all coming up this month in the February and probably into March. We should be seeing some of these things come out. I believe some of them have come out. I haven't really checked in the phase rip discord lately, but uh, they probably will have something coming up very shortly. So, all right. Well, now to get into the focus of the show this week, we did get a question, but I'm not going to reveal the source because they asked to be kept quiet. So they asked if we can cover (laughs) a certain type of monster. Uh, from long ago, uh, from Dragon Magazine 112, they wanted us to talk a little bit about uh, dire wraiths. Dire and yeah, so if you flip back to August 1986, the uh, Dragon Magazine on page 84, we get dire wraiths. They actually did a write up of the dire wraiths here in the uh, Marvel for Marvel, because if you go to Uncanny X Men. Uh, issue was at 187, I believe, was was one of the uh, first appearances, so to speak, of the Dire Wraiths. So let's I don't know quickly the first, but yeah, one of the most famous ones, at least that was mem- memorable ones. Is that better? Memorable. There you go. There you go. Memorable. OK, so for Dire Wraiths, they have a fighting good 10. They have agility of poor four strength, remarkable 30 endurance, remarkable 30 reason, remarkable 30 intuition of typical six and a psyche of good 10 the resources are amazing so i don't know where they keep their money or get their money from with amazing resources but hey why not so they do they have the ability their science 
yes, they patented their sciences. They had the ability <laughs> to shape shift, which we were talking about, Jeff and I, previously to the show, because in the comic book uh, 187 of X-Men, uh, we get uh, they show that they actually do shapeshift into one of the security guards and propose it to get inside um, uh, what's the guy's I can't think of the X-Men's name Forge Forge. Forge's secret base they propose as one of the security guards after killing him and run into the secret base so they can uh, fool it and from reading the comic it seems like they do retain some of the memories of the host that they transform into or shapeshift into so they can try to trick people because later on in the comic itself, it does show them transforming into Forge as well to try to trick him or one of the X-Men. I can't remember which one it was. Storm. And was it Storm? Okay, Storm. They try to trick one of the X-Men into believing it was them. But uh, I don't want to show any more pages or anything from that. So Spoiler alert. Jeez. Yeah, really? From 1980, 1968. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, back to the uh, diaries themselves. And they are able to shift, and it gives you the ability what they shift into. Uh, they do have a special attack. The most uh, it's barbed wire tongue, which also secretes powerful acid, which can mm-hmm. penetrate unprotected human skulls, which is kind of nasty if you read the comic and saw some of the things they yeah. can do. <laughs> A picture. They can also transform into what were we talking about, Jeff? What was that? The, the um... Deathwing. Deathwing. Thank you. Deathwing. Yeah. And, and they have a picture of the Deathwing uh, from one of the. Yeah, one of the comics is one of the Deathwings. That's how big they can get, and they can transform into Hellhounds. And there's so many different things that they can do, uh, but they don't list them all here in the comic. Uh, the write-up here itself. Actually, so, they do. They do. Where? Yeah. Uh, keep going down. Heroes will knock your block off. There's the Hellhound right there. Oh, a different. I didn't even see that page. Okay, so they do have the Hellhounds there as well, and the hybrids. So, they do have all the things you want in your game. So basically, the person who wrote in was saying, "How would you handle these in the campaign?" Uh, I'm gonna say dire rates are gonna be quite powerful for a campaign. I mean, I'm gonna say the, that would be I'm, the whole campaign. I would say. Yeah, if, if this is not a street level camp, uh, these are not street level uh, enemies. Even though their 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 stats kind of fit it, these are not street level. So I would say first of all, it has to be at least global. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, country countrywide campaign. Yeah, like Avengers style. Well, the heroes would have to have some means of figuring out who's a dire wraith and who's not, and are we going to introduce the hero that actively opposes them to help the heroes out? The wrong yeah, guy. That's true. Yeah, the uh, the Rocketeers, pretty much. <laughs> the Space Knights. The Space the Knights. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at their stats, they kind of outshine most heroes that I see with those. Yeah. With Rom a, with, the with a seventy-five for monstrous and their reason, or for one for endurance, one for reason in forties. These are these are. Uh, Semi cosmic, yeah. Uh, you know what I was thinking now with, with the dire wraiths, you can actually turn it into like one big bad dire wraith that comes in, maybe adjust the stats for uh, making him a big bad. And remember the movie, uh, with um, I can't think of his name, but it was deja vu. The movie, no, was that the no, the one is that the one with uh, I can't think of his name, uh. 
someone else talk so I could think. <laughs> I was just thinking that if you were going to do a campaign with shapeshifters and stuff, it would definitely be an intrigue, uh, spy esque game. You would go heavy handed. Yes. Because you can't just go around randomly punching everybody. So if you're playing a Marvel game like my players that love combat every session, a Dire Wraiths esque campaign, you may not get that luxury because you, they. If you're playing it right, they shouldn't just be revealing themselves, you know, all willy nilly. Like, yeah. is the senator the wraith, or was it his assistant who's kind of corrupting him and forging his documents and stuff like that? But playing, you know, hiding in the shadows easy there. So, I think a dire wraith campaign would definitely be more of intrigue, spies trying to figure out a way to maybe science find out, like have a scanner things like that how deep does the conspiracy go does it go all the way up to the white house or are your allies actually dire rates you don't know like a manchurian and candidate type thing going exactly on. and personally i'm not big on spy or you've seen me in some of these games where we have to interrogate <laughs> an entire village to find out who's the bad guy i'm just like can i just punch somebody now you, you want to take the the ashley j williams method of just punch it and see if it's bad yeah it worked well, yeah that for the first part, if you're if you're uh, if your campaign revolves around diaries, yeah, that's the first part because they're the main thing they do is infiltrate. But mm -hmm. after they infiltrate, after they've been caught out, that's when the fun starts. But I'm talking about yeah. Once they're caught, then they're just basically opening up the portal and letting the rest of them in. So oh yeah, and I guess that's when the space knights can show up and back up your heroes if need if need be the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Unless your characters are smart enough or have uh, or powerful enough. enough or have the resources to, to uh, have the uh, have the resources to have the abilities to to take them out. Um, I think they also have uh, weaknesses, do, don't they? I think uh, if I remember correctly in the comic, it was cold, but I don't think they actually go on to say if there's a weakness inside the actual uh right up here i'm looking through it yeah i don't see it heat resistance Ooh, uh hybrids they also get magic too that's not yep. fun <laughs> so spies yeah. and magic yep spies and magic well they do say heat resistance the rates originated from a planet with great volcanic activity so they took half damage from fire so oh here at the same time they take double damage from cold based attacks okay that makes sense because in the comic uh, they're like, yes, the cold uh, snow and ice outside will slow them down for quite a little time. And then I'm just like, oh, OK, so they have a weakness. So maybe shooting cold bursts at them or snow or ice and have Iceman come up and go uh -huh, and throw an ice ball at them. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he can tell them to stop it. Yeah, pretty much just like that. But uh, also... Um... He's an omega level mutant. He could just freeze them into ice blocks and just he walk could. away like nothing. Also, shotguns, because that one guy just kept on killing them with shotguns. <laughs> Forge's oh, friend or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In the, in the comic, he was just blowing them up with <laughs> shotguns the whole time. Yeah, if you look at the diorite stats by themselves, they don't look super powerful. They look like something anybody could actually take on in a fight. I think it's when they transform that you're kind of in trouble when they get to the hybrid levels that's when you that's when you got to deal with the, the really, deathwing hybrid or if no, there's a group of the hellhounds hybrid, after you the hybrid 
Yeah, well, the hybrid here basically has some unearthly for Holy its psyche, monstrous Christ. endurance. The rest of them are good and excellent, but, I mean, they got flight, they got mental attack, mental powers, body armor. They have shape-shifting themselves. And then we have uh, magic itself. So, <laughs> With a psyche of 100 and yeah. uh, endurance of 75, that's going to be your boss. Yeah, pretty much, because with that, they can pretty much cast whatever they want, and they have the endurance to withstand all the strain from casting a lot of magic. So yeah. the hybrid is probably the one you're going to want to fear. That's going to be most. your named bad guy. Yes, <laughs> hybrid. That's yeah. the president. Or his secretary. Which one is it? <laughs> oh, that's it. Okay. I thought there was a little bit more. Was it fistful to what? Um, fistful. Oh, fistful of credits. <laughs> it's for, for Star, Star Frontiers. Frontiers. Star Frontiers. Yeah, the Star Frontiers was a pretty cool uh, sci-fi game for TSR back in the day. But uh, still anyway, is, uh, no comment. Anyway, so Hellhounds. <laughs> Hellhounds are pretty interesting themselves because they have the phasing ability, which I always found interesting that uh, when we played our Marvel campaign, we had a player that had phasing ability, but I don't think he kind of used it all that well. You, you remember that, Stephen, James? He didn't get a chance. Remember, when he was with us, we were still learning to be villains. I think the best he did was walk into a bank and steal some money and walk out of it. Yeah. I mean, I actually have a player in my campaign currently that has phasing, and he's going full anime with what his creativity is like he's trying to do the vision thing where he partially phases back in where his fist is in somebody's stomach you know do that stunt thing yeah, yeah he's trying to get a feat where he can phase if somebody's punching at him with a reaction and then he can phase back it's like if you want to gamble that car but that's just a home brew rule but well yeah yeah obviously you do whatever makes uh, makes it fun for your game you never have to actually uh, – the book is a guideline, I always say, so you don't need to actually follow the book to the letter. I mean, some people out there enjoy doing you know, what we call raw rules as written and like mm -hmm. to play that way. But myself and Steven, you obviously, and Jeff all like to kind of bend the rules, make it fun, try to throw things around and make it more interesting. If the players are having fun by the end of the game, you kind of feel like you did it right. Yeah, that's the point. But yeah, Hellhounds, your uh, they're your infiltrators. There's the ones that oh, not the infiltrators. There's the sneak attack ones. There's the, the ones that ability. while you while your characters are separated, they're they're going to be the ones that jump on your heroes or villains. I mean, these guys are just chaotic to everybody. I wonder if that would mess with um, tech suit people like Iron Man's. Yes. Say a bunch of these hounds actually leapt on Iron Man and yeah. were in their phasing. Would that fry his suit, basically? No. Machinery without an endurance score is scrambled automatically. Yeah. Oh, so. But they have, to, need... they have to be his armor, though, because their phasing is remarkable. Mechanical yeah, beings like take monsters. incredible damage while battle suits and other machinery is made inoperative for 10 turns. But they so still have to go through the up. armor. Yeah, I, the I'm just reading what it would do. Now, Iron Man's armor obviously has an endurance score, so the Hellhounds attack with their phasing ability using fighting feet roll to determine their success. The success roll indicates that the Hellhound has phased through the person causing rem remarkable damage. <clears throat> also, the victim must make a yellow endurance feat or fail unconscious for 1d10 turns. So, But that brings up a good point, though. 
if uh, phasing can disrupt electronics, magic what it could do to a brain with all those impulses and nerves, you know, going off at the same time. Well, yeah, it would interrupt it, especially if you phase through it. Kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Instantly, probably, especially if they're not, if they're a normal person, instant death there. Or definitely coma. <laughs> yeah. Probably an instant death for a regular superhero. You know, you get your, obviously, you get your saves and damage and stuff like that. So poor Aunt May is not making it at the Hellhounds get her. No, Aunt May would die and fall to a sudden death. Again. And again. Jeez, everyone not liking Aunt May today. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've never used the Space Knights, and I wasn't a big fan of ROM. I don't it, know about you guys. No, uh, I mean, quirky, you know, robot. Quirky. Yeah, just it's it's just a little throwback there. You know, I mean he was he was made back in what the the thirties, the forties. Maybe he's old. This is was my introduction to the Space Knights. Honestly, I grew up with the X Men as my go to for comic books and Daredevil, the Punisher, and my dad actually had a huge collection of Thor. But it was the oh, what was his name? It wasn't Thor. It was this other guy who took over for him. Eric Masterson or something like yeah. that. Uh-huh. Thunderstrike. Thunderstrike. Yeah. 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 He had like the entire Thunderstrike series all the way up to when wow. he. Yeah. Evil. It was impressive. Well, that was later. No, he died, didn't he? He died. Yeah. But he had his whole origin all the way up to where he was no longer Thor and Odin gave him his own unique kind of hammer, mm-hmm. which looked more like a mace. It, was... it did. And but, he got he got the uh, the the uh, blood axe too. I think at one time. Yeah, but those were the comics I kind of grew up reading until I got a little older and, you know, was able to actually buy my own and not just mooch off my dad's comic collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always had, I always had trouble reading Thor comics because of the way it was written, and I always found it kind of dull. But maybe that was just me. I didn't I like know, the I, way. I, I thought Thor they were spoke. I found it more fantastic than than you know superhero-ish, especially when he went back to Asgard and traveled the Nine Realms. Yeah, all the, that was very colorful. All the characters were in, like, their bright yellows, reds, like, the whole stag and all them. They were clearly mm-hmm. color-coordinated. Um, I liked Thor growing up. It was fun. Plus, even he went against challenges that just kicked his butt on occasion. It was kind of weird seeing this is the guy that could, you know, solo the Avengers if he really wanted to get his yeah. butt kicked. On the regular, it seems, in his comic. If he used his full might, I think he would have a very good chance against the Avengers. It's I swear it's by author. No matter what it is, like one Avenger, if they get their moment to shine, they could all take down an Avenger. It's like suddenly everybody's a Batman. Except for Hawkeye. Hawkeye could never pull it off. That's true. No, Hawkeye's but boring. that's that's the that's the one quirky thing about um, Thor is that he never took a fight seriously because you know he was he was just better than everyone, you know. So whenever he no quirky, not quirky, <laughs> no quirks, no. Uh, but he would he would never take a fight seriously, and then when he started actually taking fights seriously, 
you actually got to see a, a change in his disposition. No, even just... when even when he was down on the ground bleeding, he would always try to laugh it off. Are you sure you're not talking about Hercules? Yeah, it sounds more like Hercules. Hercules would always joke and be drunk. <laughs> I, I actually read the comics where he uh, tried to go sober too. Oh, that didn't yeah. last long. <laughs> but no, Thor never really took a fight seriously because it's one, it's Thor, and two, he just, you know, yeah, exactly. And he was just, he kept on fighting, so he was just so used to it, he never took anything seriously. That was never really a big Thor fan when growing up, but I appreciated him more as the newer comics came around because I don't know. I, I just found him really boring in the 80s. So, so I mean, he yeah. did get fleshed out a lot more in the more recent comics. And if you read his solo books, some of them are pretty good, especially like the what if ones where Loki actually took over Asgard. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them are legit, really worth reading. Um, I don't know how we went from dire rates to Thor. I think somehow that was my cosmic fault. level uh, threat. Cosmic. It's cosmic level, so it really kind of fits in. But it also shows that you know we might be running to an end of the show here today. So, <laughs> like we said, we'd like to keep these pretty short and uh, informative, and we think we've done that today. Hopefully, we've given uh, this person who wrote in, who shall not be named, <clears throat> he knows who he is. Some ideas about diorates. If you'd like to email us at questions at theevildm.com, you can send us in your topics for the show. You can also hit us up on the Phase Rip Discord, where we have our own little Phase Rip podcast channel where you can leave comments and questions as well. And, you know, ping Steven or Jeff because they're both on there or me and say, you know, I hate you guys and uh, things like that. Mean I will things. take your abuse. Steven takes a lot of abuse and he loves it. And, uh, <laughs> but actually, but, no. I would say one more thing before we we finish up. No, with no, 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 no. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I would say after the infiltration part, after the uh, the uh, the start, um, the the one thing that we we didn't uh, really focus on is what happens when they get caught out. What happens when the team finally gets together and catches the dire the the boss. You know, out in the open in his true form. What happens after that? They did they catch him in his true form, or is he still they in his did. human form? It was it was Storm that caught him out. Mm. And uh, after that, that's when the fun started. Yeah, they waves just started beating the crap waves. out of him. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this: one reason I don't like spy and uh, shape shifting things is that it's a situation where what if the bad guy just sticks to the story and never breaks character? And the good guys don't really have proof. They just have a strong suspicion or they may know that he's the bad guy. But he's like, I'm just an innocent here. I'm calling the cops on you vigilantes. And now the heroes are like, well, do we take him out or do we get arrested? Well, that's when you call for outside help, right? So your your group, superpower heroes, villains, whatever, you know, they cannot figure out who the infiltrator is and the infiltrator is like i'm calling the cops or the mayor's like i'm calling the cops and then it's 1950s ah! <laughs> and uh what do you do then you call for help i mean yeah yes you, you contact the dc superheroes superman and batman the justice league oh, the and dc become... cross universe yeah why call, not call dr fate <laughs> no i mean 
there's people there's there's as a gm if your players cannot figure it out they're going to lose karma because that's going to be a mission fail if you want your team to succeed hey rom comes out of nowhere you know uh Doctor Doctor Strange comes out of nowhere and says, you know, throws out some magic and all of a sudden, you know, the infiltrator comes out in full form. And now now the attack happens. Now the streets are flooded with dire rates, death wings, and hellhounds. You just gotta read your own players. Are they getting it? Are they picking up on the clues? Did they get the evidence they needed? Or are they going yeah. to go the evil dead ash route and just punch the mofo and see what happens? <laughs> well, I mean yes. And if there's a chance to do wrong, well, your group, your whoever punches that, you know, innocent is going to lose karma because you cannot hurt innocence. Speaking of which, of Doctor Strange, hmm? anybody see the trailer and looking forward to the new movie coming out? Yes. Yeah, actually, I literally just saw, finally saw Spider-Man 3 the other day with my wife, so. A little late on the ball, and we actually had the theater almost to ourselves. Oh wow, that must have been nice. Oh yeah, so we got I don't to know experience. Vince, I don't know if Vince saw it yet, but did you see the after credits? Yeah, both. <laughs> I don't yeah, like I that they that actually put the a trailer out. as an after credit thing. It's like I just well, need to already watch this. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was a little bit. It wasn't really a trailer, but it kind of was at the same time. It was. But, yeah. it was literally the same exact trailer. Was it the exact? Yeah, trailer? it was different. exactly what I saw on YouTube a few weeks ago. But speaking of the incredits of Spider-Man, did you see Venom Two yet? No. No. Oh, I haven't seen Venom Two yet. I saw the first one. I never bothered to see the second one. I'm right there with Vince, and I love Carnage as a villain. And I like Venom, but without Spider-Man, it just feels weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, I would have to say I'm I'm not going to give you spoilers out, but the way they CGI'd Carnage, they yeah. did a hell of a job. Well, they did they, a really good job. And the other thing that really kind of tilted me away from it is how do you PG or PG thirteen Carnage? You don't want to know. Say, it's all off screen or you can't really show the blood splatters. I mean, Carnage in the comics, Maximum Carnage, that whole series, mm-hmm. I loved. He was vicious. You were seeing the spikes going through the security guards and stuff. And yeah. he was axing people in half. The only person Where was that, that you see Venom truly attack is, I mean, the, the only people that, the only person that you see Carnage truly attack is Venom. That's why I was like, I. If they're, P- it's like Aliens versus Predator when they made that PG thirteen. I'm like, <laughs> no. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. That's kind of uh, what veered me away from Carnage. Was I don't want to see a PG version of Carnage. I want to see a R rated version of Carnage being what he is. He is a right. monster. I have a scale when it comes to movies. As three parts, worth going to see full full price, worth renting or watching for free. You know, either when it comes out on, on Netflix or whatever, or, you know, Disney Plus. Straight but up. really rate uh, um, <laughs> just movies. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, I, I would say rent it on the low end or watch it for free. Yeah. It, it's, and I was talking to somebody about it, and they said Carnage or uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, is a setup for another movie. 
what Mobius? That looks good too, by the way. I uh, I would I probably see it. <laughs> I I can't wait for the new Blade to come out though. Again, a PG thirteen version of Blade. No, thank you. I want my R rated Wesley Snipes Blade. <laughs> well, is it, no, it's pay to full pay to full price in theater, rent or watch for free. Okay. Anyway, we're getting off topic here and into other things. So why don't we head out for the night? Uh, hopefully everybody had a nice time listening to us, watching us. Again, you can go to classicphaserip.com for our website to hear the audio podcast of this and uh, chat along, uh, not chat along, listen along with us. <laughs> you could chat along too if you come to youtube.com slash the evil DM and just look for the podcast itself. And uh, We look for that. questions in the comments too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look for questions in the comment. Don't forget to hit the like button, uh, subscribe if it's your first time, and leave your comments below, questions below, and we'll have Jeff uh, scour the comments like we did in the past. So, with that said, I am Vince. Sitting to my left is Jeff. Y'all take care. And the Steven below me. Have a good one, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on all their episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.